gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Fine, I can hear you now, Dimitri. Clear and plain and coming through fine. I'm coming through fine too, eh? Good, then. Well, then, as you say, we're both coming through fine. Good. Well, it's good that you're fine and, and I'm fine. I agree with you. It's great to be fine. It's, it's a podcast. podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fighting in the War Room. This is, uh, I don't know what episode it technically is. It's our follow-up to episode 100, despite not having a true, it's, we're past 100 in the real count. Um, so it's the review episode for episode 100, and because that episode was our full quell, it was a huge event, we're following it with the review of a huge event film. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um... Gosh, where to begin with this this follow up to Zack Snyder's Man of Steel? His masterpiece. Um, yeah, yeah, Man of Steel might be a good place to begin. That's where this movie. Not not a work for hire job at all. Definitely not. And <laughs> uh, after Sucker Punch, he he could do whatever he wanted. It was such a huge hit. Uh, yeah, he did Man of Steel. Um, I, I should say Katie couldn't join us today. She was not feeling well. Because this movie killed her. Well, yeah, I'll let everyone know. She loved it. It's her favorite movie of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. You can talk to her about it on Twitter. But we should uh It's going to make a frequent appearances here. on the Little Gold Men podcast. Uh, she <laughs> thinks it's going to win everything this year. Yep, it's going to sweep the Oscars for this year and next year. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, Man of Steel came and went. Uh, I guess that movie kind of underperformed. Is that the case, Dave? That's what I... I, I feel like it underwhelmed box office-wise despite making probably $300 million. It was such a big movie. And there were such high expectations that somehow it both underwhelmed and made mind-boggling amounts of money. Yeah, it was interesting because like it underperformed where they wanted it to perform in terms of like superhero DC movie franchises, but um, was exciting enough that they felt that they could take uh, what was going to be Man of Steel two and turn it into Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice as a way of uh, sort of rapidly launching a competitor to Fox's uh, X-Men and Fantastic Four universes and Marvel's uh, universe, which at the time, all all of those were going strong. Although, wouldn't another way of looking at that be to say that they didn't believe enough in the franchise, but they nevertheless (laughs) had to commit to it? That they, they didn't think that they could justify a, a, a sequel, the direct sequel to the film, so they had to rush the Avengers style. I think both. I think Battle both Royale. of those things are true. They had something that was kind of working. They saw everyone else making interlocking universes, and they thought, "Well, why can't this next movie be everything we need in one big package?" So suddenly. We're going to reboot Batman, we're going to plant some seeds for the Justice League universe, and we're going to keep Henry Cavill because I think, I mean, I liked Man of Steel quite a bit. Uh, I know that we are in disagreement, some of us, on that, Um, but I really liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I liked a lot of what Zack Snyder was doing in that movie, and then it got around to the big finale, and that was kind of when it dropped the ball. It's a big, boring, clearly Zack Snyder's in this for the uh, anti-gravity 
fighting combat scenes and destroying, <laughs> well, just decimating cities and using giant amounts of cash to do. Can so. we start uh, talking about the finale of Man of Steel and how it how it uh, we see another side we, of it in the beginning of Batman v well, Superman? So that's exactly my, right. So we pick up in the beginning of of Batman v Superman at the exact moment that this big climax is happening, and it seems like Zack Snyder has taken what maybe people didn't like about Man of Steel and decided, yes, my movie will begin there and extrapolate from there. So we see Ben Affleck playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman, but he's he's in Bruce Wayne mode when Metropolis is under attack, and uh, we're seeing it from an all-new perspective. And I believe there are some uh, crazy cool YouTube videos that splice together the footage from Man of Steel and this little bit that's been teased in the trailers, um, and they actually match up pretty well. So that's but kind of I, I disagree <laughs> with the assessment that it is uh, continuing where you left off. I mean, to me... It felt like more of a corrective than anything else. I mean, it felt like the, the complaint oh. was, and one one that I didn't necessarily share or get too involved in. That you know, there's all this collateral. You're absolutely correct. That you know, and, and here in in this film, you start with the human perspective. We get to see that uh, the carnage that is uh, wreaked upon Metropolis from a mortal POV from Bruce Wayne running around on the ground level uh, at a remove from these two aliens warring with one another. And I, in part because of the theater in which we saw this film, which is the new Dolby Prime experience at uh, the AMC in Times Square, which is one of the greatest theatrical experiences I've ever had in my entire fucking life. Oh, my God. What? Uh, really? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, do not, I did not share that experience. Oh my I God. saw it in the I, exact same place. It, I, I, it's hard to imagine outright disliking an experience in, in that room. I mean, any well. movie. We'll talk there. about it. Good God. Um, I, I felt like I was in Metropolis. The buildings were falling on top of me. Uh, Man. Anyway, I, I think that that is a, a brilliant way to begin this film. It's it uh, it's the power and really it shows the potential of what these shared universes can be. Um, I, I thought it was a wonderful touch and really allows you to understand the different perspectives, quite literally, that Batman and Superman bring to the table. If only the rest of the movie was... Not incredibly well, awesome, I, I think, but I thought that was uh, – you're starting off on the right foot for sure. Well, so that's what's interesting. It's both cashing back in on that scene that caused a lot of controversy and you know, playing up the mayhem again, kind of indulging in this destructive, very realistic uh, action. And yet it, you're also going to present Batman v Superman as this corrective to Man of Steel. All those complaints – now have become the spine of this movie. And I think it's for the worse. I don't think, I think they've made a movie indebted to the fan reactions for, and on every level. And it's a complete disaster. Um, I was, I was really in awe of just how every choice seems to be totally incorrect. There's no coherency to the plot, to the characters, well, slow down. even I'm to the action. This, I feel like, I feel like even Zack Snyder, uh, this first, this first, uh, Act or not even the first act, really. It's more like the first fifteen minutes. Um, I really don't see any problem whatsoever with starting this film the way that it does. Uh, I think it's really one of the only rock solid decisions that Snyder makes in this quasi sequel. Um, I, I don't. I don't really give a shit if it's in response to the fan outcry that I also didn't give a shit about when it happened. But I think that it's a very intelligent decision. Oh, I want to. I want to oh, pick okay. up well, here I, because my, I, okay. I I agree with David that like the first you know couple of movements this movie makes both flashing back to uh, you know the Batman origin story in Crime Alley which you think you don't want to see again but you know it was actually 
well done enough no, in this you don't, movie. Nah, no, no, you, you don't, don't want to see it again. again. And you don't want to see it terrible. again. We don't need to see it again. Did you know that Batman's parents were killed inside of a theater? Did you know that? Dear well, Lord. I, all I'm saying is that it takes that and concisely conveys that we're seeing a Batman that we could all recognize and then cuts it to this thing. fetishizes the gunshots. Oh. Well, well, I mean, but then, well, sure. Yeah, like everybody else fetish, not important. So then, but point being, I'm with David that this movie starts off in a way that I really, really enjoyed. What then happens is it sort of cuts into 60 to 90 minutes of scenes that feel like it's like three other movies, deleted scenes, like assembled in a vaguely chronological order. And that's like ends up being what sort of killed this movie's like ultimate momentum for me. It's like, I don't necessarily think that there's... Like, this movie's all bad. There's a lot that I liked about it, uh, especially the titular fight paying off and the beginning opening part and, you know, ben, like Ben Affleck's Batman. But the rest of it is so bloated that, like, I feel like after seeing this movie, like, I had a hangover for 24 hours of just absorbing the tone that Zack Snyder has set for this expanded universe. And it's like, it really makes you miss like the bit of levity we got with things like green lantern uh like even though it didn't necessarily work all the time just like having that break in a universe that's toned this way uh like i felt like this movie was force feeding me uh like iconic moments with characters i already recognize but like never stopped to attempt to make it a story or to fill those characters in three-dimensionally beyond what I was supposed to just recognize through branding, basically. Well, that's what's so weird. Like, right away, I mean, if you like the opening scene, as David did or not, um, it jumps ahead so quickly. So now we're like yes. 18 months or 18 years. 18, 18 months? Mi- 18, 18 months. months. Uh, yeah, 18 years. <laughs> They're all old. No, 18 months after these events. And everyone is still kind of like, well, have a, shouldn't shouldn't these conversations that we're having about Superman is he a good man? Is he a good person? Is he a god? Or we do we live under his thumb? Like you'd think some of these questions might happen very quickly, but people seem to have been stewing, and the entire action of the movie just seems so, uh, you know, out of nowhere, so unmotivated. I, I, I mean, I don't disagree with the second thing that you just said about how a lot of the action in the film is unmotivated, but. I think you're a little divorced from reality to suggest that the world would simply have reconciled their, themselves to whatever thoughts they have with Superman after 18 months, after being introduced to this extraordinary intergalactic extraterrestrial presence. When you see how we as a very real society are still grappling with alien presences of our own, uh, you know, in the terrestrial. Well, I, I guess I, dis- I guess it's lacking the nuance shit. of that. It's no, it's lacking the nuance of that. It's like. Superman has yet to confront this notion with people. He's a noble person. He's aware of society, but everyone seems to have been living in a bubble since these, this turn of events. You know, the world, we're just, it's 18 months later, and yet we seem to be just picking up the next day. Well, and I mean, this, this movie builds straw man arguments by assuming that bringing up a subject is arguing it, which it completely isn't. And like this, it, what it very quickly sets up as like by efficiently using the end of Man of Steel to establish like the Batman versus Superman. Like I didn't need a ton of subplot to convince me that Bruce Wayne would want to kill Superman, especially this right. version of Batman, Bruce Wayne, who's like kind of seen it all and been battle hardened. 
but the movie spends over an hour like getting me to that point and it's supposed to be through like this crazy you know Lex Luthor plot mechanism such a convoluted mystery make, make, making no sense and being like essentially pointless well that, that's the thing so they dump all this mystery plot to try and make sense of why Batman and Superman would fight, but also why a Batman versus Superman fight would be equal on any level. You know, he has to get kryptonite. They have to be able to cut into each other and Batman has to be super strong. So how does that happen? So many answer or so many questions to answer. Uh, and you totally lose the characters, right? Ben Affleck is reduced to this guy who's just so morose, so, I mean, there's never been a Batman who's so obsessed with the parents' death, and I guess that's why Zack Snyder wanted to put it right up front again and put it in absolute slow motion so that it's just drilling into Ben Affleck in every scene. He's always frowning, and the grime of the cinematography, this movie looks disgusting, and at no point, even like when Henry Cavill and Amy Adams are supposed to be having this romantic moment, you know, Amy Adams is naked in her tub, and Henry Cavill's holding flowers. It should be hot. This is like, are they in love? No, it's it looks dark and damp and disgusting and this movie is just so it's so morose it's it's very bizarre and at no point can character real character kind of bleed through that do you bleed batman v superman character no you do not i mean i think the problem um, cut is, this movie with kryptonite i mean i actually really sort of enjoyed the first i don't know hour and change of this movie i like the I liked watching them try and move the pieces of, of justifying why these two characters would be fighting one another and learning a little bit about this new Batman, even if it was all very uh, asinine, uh, ultimately. But I – and then we'll talk about this at length in the spoiler section, but in broad terms, I mean, it's an unholy disaster on par with Man of Steel uh, once the fighting actually starts. I mean, it's the so bad choices fucking other bad choices. What did you What did uh, you hate about Man of Steel? Just to Everything. Be very clear, everything. Quickly. That. Everything. Everything. Um, Come on. Man of Steel Steel had fun and the parts of it that had fun. And really up until, uh, I guess I'm going to say, there's only like, okay, no, no, no. Let me reverse what I'm saying right away. What Man of Steel had moments that I didn't like that made me question the movie. Batman v Superman has moments I do like, but the majority of it is asking me either to well, not pay attention or to question the movie's motive. I also like I I have no tolerance for a Superman origin story uh, at this point in my life, and I the, the incredibly boring one that we're given to Man of Steel. Uh, it just I'm much more interested in the questions that are being asked in this movie about his place in the world as an adult. When, but those questions are being asked in Man of Steel too, with no, more they're, clarity they're and not, more not, breathing room. They are asked. Overtly, as far as, you know, his conversations with his father and mother and whatever, I suppose. But I think what Holly Hunter's character, who is like everything else in this movie, sort of misused, um, is is there to do. It's really to sort of t- place him in the, in the real world. Like to understand that we have this sort of God among us and how can we trust him? How can we – you have these men, these very powerful men in the mortal world who feel impotent all of a sudden. You have Lex Luthor and Batman who are sort of two sides of the same coin in that respect. Um, I think all of that is very interesting. How it's handled is not. But I think in theory, part of what kept me entertained through a lot of this movie was that I the, – the broad questions that it's grappling with I find compelling. However, the problem is that the, the movie is a fraud. Uh, the title is a farce. I mean Batman v Superman is not what is happening in this movie. They can arrange the pieces however they want. 
and come up with very superficial justification for why Batman would be mad enough. And, and it's all hilarious when they stop fighting. Because, I think they have 10 but, minutes of fighting in a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. And uh, and then the way that they diffuse that fighting is hilarious. It's amazing that this actually we, got we through. We will definitely system. have to talk about that. Um, yeah. Hashtag but, blank. Holy shit. But uh, I – you know, that's the problem is that, like, there are no stakes in this movie. There are no stakes nope. in almost any superhero movie because you know that um, none of this matters. You know that they can't afford to fight one another. You know but that see, nothing can happen. And then it just strings mm. you along. There's None of this has any consequence to it whatsoever. And all the questions that they're grappling with are in I'm gonna, I'm gonna, swept under the rug. And, I'm going to disagree with your assertion. I have to disagree with your assertion that every superhero movie suffers from the same problem that Batman Superman does that there's no stakes because you know that everyone's going to live and there's going to be more sequels and that sort of thing. I mean, you know, a lot of the Marvel movies are very much about how are they going to do this or who's going to be hurt and how does how is that going to no continue one, to roll nothing. along? How does it twist? No. I mean, people do get hurt and people the and the world does change. About abstract concept. I mean, again, it's very superficial stuff, but the things that they're grappling with here, the weight that you see on Batman's shoulders as a result of what he saw happen in Metropolis's own 9/11 is infinitely more dynamic and I, and palpable than anything that happens in the Marvel. Cinematic I totally universe. disagree because it's so Tony overall. Stark it's so being like, oh, I false. have PTSD from what happened in New York is an insult, and I'm sick of it. And it's completely skin level. And just Ben Affleck's grim, and just being with him through these 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 minutes, seeing the fear on his face, seeing how outmatched he is, watching him running around trying to save people as best he can. As terrible as the Scoop McNary character is and trying to, like, send him these, like, guilt him into it and uh, well, whatever. We so that's the about. problem, but, like, You're talking about, like, it has real, you know, thoughts on its brain, and I agree with you, And but you're talking about them out of the context of the movie. You're, you want to wander away from the movie with these questions on your mind because they're interesting, but the movie cannot reckon with it. It can. It's I agree using with you, terrist imagery. But it's still it's using better than – imagery and then, and it's, then it's, I find stuffing the all sorts of other ins- stuff in it. insulting in this regard. I think like they're really – this shows – egregious. Like this movie – and this is a backhanded compliment to Batman v Superman and really puts Marvel in its place. It's like I find this so much more engaging in that respect than I even Ugh. do the Marvel movies. And this is still a, a disaster. The Mar- so, see, for me, the Marvel movies have their own stakes – and what are the yes, stakes they, of the Marvel they, movies? What are the stakes? What are the stakes of every Marvel movie? Yeah. What's what's actually at risk? What what is well, actually like the at Captain risk America? Is the, war? the first Captain America movie is uh, is about a man going to war and about becoming a hero and about you know finding his place and it's personal stakes and there's no personal stakes in this movie because everything is snowballed into the big battles into the future franchise thinking into. And into the headier questions that it, it's dabbling in and then completely forgetting by the time the CGI monster shows up. I agree. Up. I agree. I just think but, that... So what, you have to stick the landing. You the have hero's to stick the journey landing. bullshit that we see in all the Marvel movies time and time and time again is is just so nauseating and, and, and superficial to me that seeing this where they are actually at least starting at a place that I find recognizably human, even if they dilute it beyond all purpose and I find that it's another waste of two and a half hours... At least watching the life drain out of this movie is is more exciting than a movie that has no life to begin with. Well, uh, so Dave, where where do you stand on some of these some of the performances in here? Like I, you, you're talking about things that you actually liked being diluted by the bullshit going on. But what what do you like? Is it the people in this movie? I, I kind of liked actually everyone across the board: Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg. These people are fun to watch. The Jeremy Irons as Alfred Ben Affleck relationship that's fun, but like. 
I don't know. Did that work Worst for you? Or what, what? ever. Oh, um, come on. They, were, they have a gr- great, like, detective dynamic. I want to see that standalone movie. I want to see that movie. Alfred well, that's the problem. Do Eight movies. Nothing. But, yeah, he controls the drone. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm just talking about, okay, I guess I'm already on to my next point, which is, like, the difference I feel between, like, how I view Marvel movies and how I view, like, these movies is, like, this movie has the problems of Iron Man 2, but has, like, a better overall structure, but is as also packed as, like, uh, you know, like, Avengers Age of Ultron. But for me, like, Avengers Age of Ultron is, like, Joss Whedon fighting the system and, like, losing on all fronts. And this is, like, Zack Snyder set out to do, like, to hate these characters. Like, I'm, these characters are, you know... Ben Affleck's Batman, Jeremy Irons, uh, Alfred, uh, Amy Adams, Lois Lane, the Scoot McNary to a certain extent, uh, the Senator was fine. Uh, these characters are distinctly Zack Snyder, WB, DC Universe char- versions of the characters. This is not like a recognizable Superman. And like even the Batman, which I like, he's like, as angry as an old Frank Miller Batman, but has none of the like finesse of like a genuinely old Batman. Like you don't feel like when this Batman's in combat that he's old. They're just like they put gray spots on the side of his head so he could have existed right. long enough to like destroy his villains. So it's like these are not anything that has any sort of precedent. So in that sense of treating it like a you know somebody doing a take on characters that I like. I'm surprised how little these versions exist and how much they just sort of like have touchstones of uh, things that I liked about previous existing characters. And I'm like, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. But I think like Henry Cavill is a really good example of somebody that looks like Superman and technically should be able to pull it off, but has never been given a movie where he's allowed to be like a recognizable version of Superman. Well, I guess that's the problem, right? Like, whose movie is this? Whose story are they telling in this movie? And who gives a shit, like, who winds up in the end and, like, where in what direction they're floating off into? At no point does this movie say, this is the story we're telling. It's eight strands going in different directions at all times. Any scene could mean – could follow any strand. And it's it's it never makes a decision. It's all on Zack Snyder, too. Yeah, you know, I think – the assembly of this movie is completely incoherent. There are a lot of open-ended questions plot-wise, but I think the the direction is actually quite reckless too. David, I can't remember if you're a Zack Snyder direction defender. Uh, no, no. I mean, okay, I, did, I, I, I couldn't remember. It's the sort of thing I could see you uh, being all about. Uh, our, our colleague Jordan Hoffman adores 300, for instance, which, uh, you know, I I guess there's some things. Indefensible. Zack Snyder Indefensible. can make movies. I was uh, watching Watchmen last night because I Watchmen is one of the few graphic novels that I've I've read and I think it's a phenomenal book. Uh, and you know he transposes it to the screen almost as literally as he did Three Hundred. Uh, but it's hard to imagine making a worse movie at that budget with the source material than Zack Snyder did. Do you well, it's like weird Zack Snyder's yeah, he tried to s- patches. <sighs> 
I do like 300, and I like Dawn of the Dead, but uh, yeah, Watchmen was not successful for me because it was too beholden to that source material. It was, it, you know, Zack Snyder was trying to s- stand so far out of the way that he never attempted to make it into a movie. It's the same problem I have with Sin City and a lot of those, uh, you know, just yep. copy-paste movies. Um, and that this is not – that's not the problem here. Like, he uh, obviously loves – Frank Miller, and they've interpreted this story, many versions of the story into one amalgamation. Um, But I don't feel like he ever has a a core idea that he's bringing to Batman versus Superman. Like the actual fight, what you would think would be the linchpin of this movie, is totally incoherent. Um, There's no amazing frame of that fight. There's no... Beating uh, heart imagery yeah, of that mo- like, to, to kind there's, of put out into the rest. There's a moment that's great in that fight that sort of saves the fight for me, but we'll get there. What is it? But this section. movie, this movie, oh. I mean, if you've seen the trailers, and if you haven't seen the trailers, we mute it for a few seconds. But if you've seen the trailers, you've seen most of the action. Yeah, well, yeah, but you also know exactly when this movie lost all hope that you may have had for it, which is when you see Batman and Superman teaming up against a CG baddie that. Could have been ripped directly from uh, from Lord of the Rings or from the Incredible Hulk, uh, and you know exactly how this movie is going to end. And um, it's funny and that yes, you say that because I I think Wonder that happened Woman a lot before. Is, is put in the mix. What's that? It 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 happens way before. I think the first time Batman and Superman meet in this movie is clunky. You know, oh, I'm not saying that's when the movie chase. goes like that's the first flaw in the movie. I'm just saying that's when when I saw that trailer, I knew exactly how bad this movie was going to be and in what ways right. at least at least i knew the first few ways the prejudgment from a, yes from a superhero <laughs> movie standpoint this uh batman v superman dawn of justice skips all escalating action beats like entirely like there are certain things that you think that you'd see that end up you know you just cut to the result of and then like they sort of like what for instance um, there's a time where Batman finally gets his hand on Lex Luthor's kryptonite, and we're introduced to that fact by Lex Luthor walking through the aftermath of Batman. And like the weirdest right. thing about the weirdest thing about like they have a great Batman, and they built this whole suit that allows him to be dynamic and brutal in a way that he's never been before. And they don't show him. They the first time they actually show him in action, it's in a dream sequence, and it's like already an hour into the movie. Oh my and god, the, the dream t- sequences are a mess. Yeah, and by the time we actually see like Batman full on being Batman with all his toys and his brutal action, it's at the end of the movie after we've seen him fight Superman. And that would have been the movie. That the movie to me, patches you asked uh, what this movie was, and for me, what it at least could have been was this. The story of, I mean, it's both Batman and Superman's story, but it's really someone who knows that he's decent, is trying to do the right thing, but also be his own person, live his own life. Uh, And then you have Batman who has struggled to find his own role as this sort of, uh, with with, with the cape and cow as a a masked avenger of sorts and and, um, find his own kind of street justice and is rendered impotent in a way that sort of reflects how Lex Luthor feels by this god who hasn't earned it, who isn't brave. I mean, he says that you're not brave because he isn't out of all these powers. You're not a man, right? Oh my god, this movie is so hyper-masculine. It's like this constantly... Lines about men, men. There are and still men in this world. Watching them 
go toe to toe in, in that, like if it was really just a relationship drama, really that you could yeah. intersperse with some fight scenes between these two men, that would have been fine. You could have complicated it with some of the more abstract political discussion that happens, but. Um, Lex Luthor is unnecessary considering how he compounds Batman's mindset here and everything else that surrounds this is uh, is really let in and Wonder Woman who as a character is a breath of fresh air is totally. uh, an anchor to this movie I mean it's a disaster and how she's well that's what's, um, introduced that's here. what's so interesting like smart choices like interesting characters get totally muddled. They become the problems of the movie too. Um, and, and like you were saying, Dave, uh, yeah, it's interesting that Batman would, we, we basically spent 40 minutes of Batman doing detective work, trying to figure out where the crit, like what is uh white Portuguese, uh-huh. this mysterious, uh, crime. Is it a crime syndicate? Is it one person? Is it an operation that's coming into Gotham or Metropolis? What is white Portuguese? You spend 40 minutes, you find out what it is. And then, yeah, Ben Affleck just steals kryptonite, uh, and he gets it. And it's like, can I just say because it doesn't matter at all, and because he mentions it once, and you're not really expected to be emotionally invested in white 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 Portuguese's. It's always a boat in any movie you've ever seen when someone is like, "What do these this name mean? What is it?" It's always a boat. Always. (laughs) Couldn't they have Googled that? Come on, every boat, every boat is on Google. Well, also, Uh, like I've been seeing some reviews being like, "It's nice to see a Batman that's." actually doing some spying and i'm like he is the worst digital spy like he's good in the universe of this movie but like everything that he actually tries but not really because he gets caught every time he like he can't even sneak away he doesn't google the right things like (laughs) he has like badass decryption software but that's like the extent when he has a leads to it leads to the the most indefensible decision that this movie makes as far as i'm concerned i mean truly something that it, it blows my mind, made it through the studio process, which is that we know who Wonder Woman is. Everybody everybody in our culture right now knows uh, that Wonder Woman is in this movie and who plays her. And as soon as she shows up, you go, that's Wonder Woman. Uh, but the way that Batman, the way that Bruce Wayne learns this is through a Dropbox yeah. folder. It's, Watch, it's- watching MPEGs that he's yanked <laughs> off. Dropbox. <laughs> if you sat in a room with your friends and tried to think of a less dramatically compelling way to cement the fact that this woman that he's met at this party is Wonder Woman or is a, from Krypton or whatever, uh, you would be hard-pressed to think of it. It is I mean, astonishing. You have, to, you have to assume that that wasn't part of the movie at some point, that maybe she just showed up as Wonder Woman. But there are multiple instances of this, and we'll get there, but... Yeah, it's like it's like they press pause and now they're going to play videos and and cut away from the movie for a second because obviously what's going on is super boring. So maybe we can pump it up with oh, uh, this, a cameo here and there. This movie's missing a ton of stuff. Like there's a whole scene where Batman looks at the, like the Robin costume. You've seen it released in like publicity stills, but never says Robin or references what happens. Nope. You're just supposed to know. So There's weird. a lot of that, yeah. Who is, well, let's, uh, who is Jenna Malone supposed to be? Barbara well, Gordon. Well, She's not really? in the movie, yes. According to, movie, yeah. according to a WB poll that they gave, like a Comscore poll, it was who would you like to see more of in future Batman v Superman movies? And they listed Jenna Malone, Barbara Gordon, even though she's not in the movie. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's weird that a two and a half hour movie that feels way bloated 
also feels like it's been chopped to bits and there's tons missing. I guess there's going to be an extended Blu-ray edition R-rated that will have more stuff. But well, like, here's the thing. Egad. There's three great movies in here. There's Man of Steel 2. There's, the, ba- the Batman movie. There's Batman Hates Superman. And there's Dawn of Justice. Dawn yeah. of Justice is like all act one crap but like if they wanted to split this movie into three parts and fill in the gaps that these like deleted scenes make up i feel like there could be three characters in here that i'm interested in seeing form a team but as it is it's just like this hodgepodge of weirdness that just it makes you i don't i didn't like actively hate it while watching it it's not one of those movies but like at the end i was just like oh what was that I only actively started hating it, and maybe this is where we segue to the spoiler section. Once Doomsday showed up, and it's like a light switch. I mean, I already had, I already had a lot of reservations that were mounting steadily, but as soon <laughs> well, as Doomsday shows up, it just careens <laughs> off a cliff into shit. Well, and before we there. before we jump into spoilers, give me one thing that really stood out that's like a positive here. Is there an MVP of this movie? I mean, there's so much to shit on from. Zack Snyder's action direction, which I like that car chase I was referencing earlier, just total, I, completely in darkness. I have no idea what he's cutting to. There's missiles exploding, so many colors. And then the, the, the grimy cinematography. So that we see so much more like asphalt and cement than we it's actually so do weird. around it. And I then the music the is just 15, awful, pounding. Like the, the, the Metropolis parts in the beginning, the flip side, the reverse angle of what we saw in Man of Steel, uh, not the bullshit credit sequence that Dave liked where you see Batman's origin story again, please. Uh, but the <laughs> Metropolis stuff, I think, is some of the strongest material I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Uh, wow. And certainly more uh, other, I do like the Manhattan fight from the end of the original Avengers, but other than that, tops anything that's ever been in a Marvel movie in terms of its effect on me, what its, its consequence, or at least potential for consequence. Uh, and, you know, it just made the rest of the movie that much more frustrating. But that's my nice thing to say about it. Dave, and also the it, Wonder Woman music cue, as bad as most of the music is in this movie, even though they do use a great track from Eyes Wide Shut, uh, has been uh, stuck in my head all day. Well, they're ba- it's basically a Mad Max like alt take with the yeah. wailing guitar. The Doof Warrior provided yeah. her, her guitar lick. Um, Dave, anything uh, come to mind? Um, uh, the first scene where we see Batman we only see him like up in a corner and it's otherwise like this really interesting him uh, attacking like a sex trafficker uh, it feels like oh, yeah how was he staying take, up there that was really crazy he's like a bat yeah no if you take that and then uh, the last fight that Batman has on his own uh, in like an empty warehouse which you've seen parts of in the trailer that he takes the Batwing to you take those two things together and put them in a movie, I might mo- watch that like 15 minute movie <laughs> over and over again one day. Uh, all of Bat- Batman has a few fist fights. Superman is not so lucky. He doesn't really get a big action moment by himself, but Batman does. He gets a whole montage sh- of ridiculous. He shoots so many people in this movie. He kills so many people. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Already- the R-rated Blu-ray cut of the, it's. I'm really interested to see because like everybody got pissed that you know Superman kills in Man of Steel, and they've already announced that like there's going to be like this R-rated extended cut of Batman v Superman 
on Blu-ray and like watching the movie, you know, it's just reverse angles of Batman, like stabbing people in the heart or like shooting them in the stomach. Like that's where you got to add violence to this movie. And I wonder if they're going to pull back on that once people realize that like a super killy Batman isn't like, uh, Nolan-y enough for some uh, casual fans. Right. That is crazy. Um, and I'm just going to give it a shout out to, uh, well, I loved Gal Gadot. I mean, I think I would see her movie, but as you said, David, she she kind of there's no she's, room for her. Yeah, and she's also, I mean, you can tell, especially if you've seen the Fast and Furious movies. I mean, you sort of bring that to the table here, but she has so much more charisma than the script is willing to help her out with. Yeah. And even the line, not just her place in the movie, but even the lines that she's given are so leaden that you're just well, like, so oh. e- yeah. Ever, I was about to give Jesse Eisenberg some props here for just being wacky and kind of breathing a little comedic life into this thing but every single line and this is almost for every other character too i feel bad for holly hunter every line is the are these like weird metaphoric zingers mm-hmm. like there's a whole back and forth about sweet tea being pee oh my and it God. comes back it's, it's important so weird. i guess it's, it's bizarre. It's so much of this movie is channeling the Nolan Batman films. I mean, much more overtly than uh, if every Man line was the "when you fall" speech. Yeah, and like, but like that well, feels but like it's something re- is, the Joker would have done. No, yeah. it's inversed. I wrote this down. I only took a few notes, and they're all hilarious. And maybe we'll get to all of them in the spoiler section. But the first, like, the opening Batman speech begins with "what falls is" or ends with "what falls is fallen." Which is the exact opposite of the Nolan Batman falls. Tells you everything. What falls is fallen. And speaking of what's fallen, the painting. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you did? I mean, I like the the upside down painting. The ominous music (laughs) that frames the painting. I don't know if we need to talking about it. I like the uh, token hot Asian assistant who, uh, and I say like with, with finger, with like finger quotes, you know, like it's such a, who is a great character in the Wolverine who has lines and a personality. And here she's just, yeah, it's it's really silly. Um, I liked her last scene. We'll get there. Speaking of which, let's, let's go to the spoiler section and talk about the real nitty gritty nonsense of this movie. I am a man of justice. I am a man of might. I am a man of vengeance. I am a man of the night. <sighs> You're such a sycophantic sucker. How can you call yourself a man? You say you fight for truth and justice? I say you're working for the man, man. <sighs> you line your mask with lead. But I can see into your soul I see a scared little boy Behind the cape and the cow Fuck you, I'm gonna kick your ass Fuck you, I'm taking you down Fuck you, you wanna be the man You got to be the man I'm gonna show you what it means to be a man Okay, so where, where do we begin there's so much movie here, uh, but I feel like we have to start with the dream sequence, the stuff that is just completely incoherent, completely stuffed in this movie with no explanation, will absolutely leave just normal people mystified. And unless you're reading the comics, yeah, you're, you're going to be – your brain will melt when you see the Flash appearing out of nowhere. And that's a dream within a dream after – I guess, Dave, you'll have to fill us in. Does, does Batman – go to Apocalypse, the planet where Darkseid is? And is this set up for the second Justice League movie? What the fuck is going on? So that's Darkseid 
having destroyed Metropolis and Superman was evil, which all, at least with my audience, which was like a mix of like, you know, critics and like radio contest winners, like played fine until the things with wings started like descending on. Oh, that's when it made sense to me. I didn't realize that was supposed to be Metropolis, but now that you say that based on the end of the movie with Superman dead, which I assume that based on the Flash's prophecy, like you were right about him, that means Superman has to be the bad guy of Justice League Part 1, and then Darkseid shows up in Justice League Part 2. I have no idea. Well, I mean... That's how I interpreted the Flash's little mumbo-jumbo there. So so here's my notes. Uh, Let's see here. Um... uh, so what the Flash says is it's Lois, Lois Lane. She's the key. I'm I'm too early, aren't I? I'm early. You are right about him. You were always right. And then Wilhelm scream in the first Batmobile chase. Good note, Dave. Uh, the doomsday scene is not in IMAX, but the funeral is, question mark. And Lex Luthor's final thing that he warns Batman about says he's hungry and he's found us. Yeah, who is he talking about? That would probably be Darkseid or Brainiac or some sort of alien villain. I think that's going to be Darkseid based on the the other dream. Well, that was the confusing thing. How is he having a dream within a dream? And if the Flash shows up, you know, the Flash can run through the fabric of time. So I kind of figured he's going back in time and visiting batman but then batman wakes up from that moment very confusing even to nerds like me is extremely confusing and then how is that supposed to have any more weight than kevin costner showing back up or uh like martha wayne's grave bleeding like there's nothing in the movie that tells you that one's any more likely to be real than the other Zack Snyder wanted to have a real Matt Ban or well, my God, Matt Ban, uh, man, bat. man, bat, man, yeah. bat moment. And he gets to burst out. Um, terrible. <laughs> it was it, really yeah. weird. It's all weird. Um, and then like having to watch all the other just like a Lex Luthor naming all the heroes is stupid. B having to watch them on like a laptop is also stupid. And then, like, the fact that Wonder Woman's the only one that has a score just makes it, it's like, makes everything feel tacked on. Like, Stephen Momoa shows up more in the publicity Jason, stills. Jason Momoa. Jason. Jason Momoa, sorry. Shows up more in the publicity How stills than you. he does, like, actually in the movie. And Ezra Miller does okay, but they, like, put him in armor so they have to commit to the bare minimum of what his suit's actually going to look like by the time. Yeah, he has a helmet that goes down in front of his face. He has a whole body armor thing. He's like reaching Crazy. through with body. It's man. Yeah, it's part of why no one could tell who the fuck he was. <laughs> right. No, exactly. You couldn't tell it was him. And I don't know if people who saw the MPEG later in the movie could tell it's that just, was who was appearing like, to him. You know, it's exactly the thing we were saying earlier about how they introduced Wonder Woman. It's it's that that several people approved of the idea of introducing this franchise in, in the laziest and least interesting <laughs> way possible. I mean, it's really Jason Momoa is especially funny oh, where he's, he's like, he just swims in the camera. Like yeah. you've been hiding out for eons and now you're just going to get caught on camera and punch it. That's weird. Yeah, it's, uh, but I know, but as far as 
you know, now that we're in the spoiler section, as far as uh, Superman's death is concerned, I mean, I think that really speaks to some of the problem that I have with all these interconnected superhero movies is that we don't live in a world. I, I wanted, given my response to the beginning of this movie, I wanted to believe that Superman was dead, that that, that could be something that would happen. Um, I know that there was the death of Superman graphic novel and that they really saw that through as best they could, even though comic book sales took a a dip as a result. I mean, like, I was aware of that going in. I know that it's, that's something that can happen in the universe, although graphic novels and the movies made from them operate with very different rules, and I respect that. However, I think a lot of the time those rules are detrimental to the quality of these movies and the investment that I'm able to have in them. And I think that, you know, the, the more... And people complain about the endings of The Return of the King. I mean, this is when the chickens <laughs> really come home to roost because there are 73 endings to this movie. And you and then know... Superman sails to the Grey Havens. Right. Really odd choice. And you know what the last one is going to be, which is why it really feels like an insult and why you're wasting all this time because you know the last one is going to be some indication. I didn't realize it was going to be quite that Nolan-esque, uh, like the end Wait, of Inception. What are you, are you speaking of... The ben grave. Or, oh, oh, the rumbling yes. of the uh, dirt it, on the It's topic. like the totem falling at the end of Inception, yes. um, but a little bit more obvious. A little more obvious. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, you know, you know that that's what, how this movie is going to end. You know that we do not live in a world where this movie can end with Superman being dead. They can't Jon Snow this. Like, that's just not how these movies work. Well, but didn't they – the Flash thing, the Flash breaking through the fabric of time kind of sets up for it? Or is that not as obvious as so I think If I didn't even know that it was the Flash or that it wasn't – it's a dream. I mean, like, that is just a waste of time. Like, none of that registers with me. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I don't, who is this? What's happening? Why? <laughs> um, and I also was like, oh, it's really cheap that all of the most grabbing images from the trailers were in dream sequences. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like we – you know that they're going to team up. You know that the next movie is the Justice League. You know that – and the movie – waste so little time pretending even that they're slap fighting you know it's like eh, we're just killing time I here until they're gonna fight the same thing the, and it's just like why are we why does like but here's happen? the thing why here's the thing this? i totally understand what you're saying and i think dave is gonna be on my side here that comic book readers do expect this but like the getting there is part of the fun and you can still be invested in character like i want to see superman have a real journey i want to see them earn that death and then come out with a crazy way to bring him back i yes. don't mind that as long as the death itself yes. is really fulfilling and that it is not in here the because this is, is not that, superman's like, movie the journey it is about the journey rather than the destination i agree with that completely but the problem is that when all roads always lead to the same place it turns out to not really matter which one you take and like that that is that's gonna be the problem when dark side shows up since he's exactly thanos yeah and thanos will beat him to the i say yeah like i have any idea who the fuck dark side is (laughs) oh yeah yeah i've read all about the thanos Uh, collection yeah i know that he spelled his name s-e-i-d rather than s-i-d but um because why not but yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's suck. It just sucks to watch a movie that begins with me feeling like, oh, like this actually, there are real stakes here. Like, I, I feel, yes, it's invoking nine eleven again and again and again, but like, it's making me palpably sort of feel how someone could be transformed by that experience. Um, Although, and and the movie just says that, ah, fuck you, David. Like, you stupid idiot. We fooled you into thinking that any of this matters, and it doesn't. But like. I'm surprised that it, you stuck around for, in this movie for so long, that it was grabbing you for at least 40 minutes or something. At least 40 minutes. 
as soon as the Africa sequences started showing up, that Superman was become was framed or like up to no good, or he was constantly finding himself in, in uh, you know, a, a bad light. Uh, that Africa sequence was also incoherent, totally getting off on the wrong foot for me. And like, what Superman's journey is going to be here? Like, first off, why would anyone think Superman shot people in Africa? He doesn't need right. to shoot people. He has laser yes. fucking eyes. But I'm interested in the idea of because I'm interested in the conflict between Superman as a symbol and Superman as a guy who like wants to. And live they his never own give life. him the chance. You know, I agree. Really I agree completely. But I, I agree completely. But that early in the movie, when I'm like, oh. He's dropping whatever he's doing. He's flying to Africa. Doesn't take him that long. And he's saving his girlfriend. And there's that moment between them where, like, she relaxes her arms because she knows what's about to happen. Uh, I was like, this is an – I'm interested in, in how this works, the practical reality of their relationship. Everything around it is mishandled. But, like, that's the kind – that's the movie that I wanted to see. And there were always these little glimmers of like, oh, it's interesting what they're doing and sort of locating yeah. this in the real world. And then it would be like, no, go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, even like Superman going to the hearing later in this whole terrorist attack that Scoop McNary is part of. I, I guess he's not in on it. His no, he is. Wheelchair a, he just a has a bomb. He's very you think stupid. He is what? He's very stupid. He's a victim. Well, that well, that's I had people debating after that if he was in on the if this was a true like bomb jacket type situation or if he was unknowing everyone no one seemed to be in the know but i mean the whole thing is just like getting rushing these kind of essential storytelling moments and then filling them with the kind of garbage lead up to get there i just couldn't i don't understand that, like, the plot do you know how much time <laughs> it takes to find an assistant that good and someone who like <laughs> knows exactly what you're thinking and is willing to do all these jobs for you. And she really showed up to work every day like she meant business. Like she was – this is what she wanted to do. She believed in Lex Luthor's message. She was always on point. She did and five interviews. Five. What's that? Come on. She did five interviews. Five she rounds. Come on. Five, she really pushed for this job. Five rounds of interviews. Exactly. And he <laughs> – without realizing the, the, the luck that he had in, in having this assistant, just throws to the wolves, to the fire. He's just like, you know, dead. Uh, and I'm like – you could have you could have just said like, "Hey, there's gonna be a bomb. <laughs> Wait outside." Uh, yeah, he 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 really does throw it because he's like, "Save me a seat," and then he doesn't yeah. show up. Yeah, sad. He says, "Save me a seat," but they've made a sign to save him his own seat. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> they has to they have they have to say things that are going to happen despite the fact that is it I like context it. allows Zack you to know. Snyder play one of the soldiers at the end around uh, um, Batman. Oh God, Superman's who mom. cares? I, I, I thought I, I seen things. I think it's hilarious that once this movie introduces Doomsday, every time Doomsday moves, they have a character mentioned that wherever he went to was uninhabited. Yes. Well, that's that's when the corrective element of it starts becoming really distracting. You know, like, okay, if it's a corrective in the beginning, watching this 9-11 experience happen and setting the emotional tone, but it keeps going back. It's keep insisting, like, this is what the movie's about. Guys, forgive us for Man of Steel. Like, this is the movie. We're all, it's all about what you complained about. We're here for you. There are no people in this battle. Oh, why would Doomsday I go there? He's bad. It didn't bother me that they kept saying that. It just bothered me that the fight was so boring. Or oh, Michael Shannon. Boycott Did he have to do all, that? all action movies. Now, I'm not talking about Godzilla or 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm talking about action movies that have CG villains. There is nothing on this earth less interesting to watch than people fighting 
a fucking cartoon. And Weta, who came into this world so strong with the Lord of the Rings movies, are so guilty of making another one of these hideous, like, completely soulless. I mean, why be like, okay, we're going to get all these characters together and they're going to fight something that literally has no personality, that has no want. All it wants is to kill things. It's 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 just staggering how lifeless that is. I think our okay, colleague the, Matt Singer called it a poop monster, which is poop pretty monster. accurate. Yeah, even even in the design, there's like a lack of even trying. Like it could have looked yeah. like Lex Luthor. It could have looked like Zod. It could have been bony like the original design, but instead, it's a lumpy troll. I was or so much the, more afraid of the squid that was swimming around in the little liquid where it was than I was of the. <laughs> The monster. It's the yeah. world engine. They're actually my favorite scene of the movie is early on when they're diving for kryptonite. That looked like a real place, a beautiful place yeah, beautiful. in the Indian Ocean. Love that scene. Yeah. Then a downhill from there. All I can Everything think about else. with that is like they shot this, and then I know they shot something about a football game. Like, how much crap did they shoot for this movie that is, like, either in it for 12 seconds or not in it at all? Uh, it's going to be... This is, this is like, DC's Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it's not even that far into the, the like, oh boy. universe. Well, is there anything left to spoil? I'm trying to think of anything silly that happens in this movie, but it's all it's wall-to-wall silliness. Uh, they're going to yeah. keep fighting. I don't know. Yeah, this is, uh, sequel goes into production next month. I, I will say this though. I mean, not to to complete my trilogy of shitting on Marvel references from this episode. Uh, I am, if, if given the choice tomorrow, I am seeing the Justice League movie way before I see Infinity War. Uh, wow! I I'm more interested in the terribleness of these movies than I am the terribleness of. Uh, at least at this point, the name of the Marvel movies. And I say that as someone who's clawing my own like clothes off to get out of Man of Steel. Um, at least if you if, if you took this movie and set at least the last 50 minutes in the daytime even, that'd be a significant improvement enough for me to care a little bit more. I'd like to see how Zack Snyder ruins all those characters that they referenced in this one. Um, I already know how, in, in exactly the ways that Infinity War will bore me. So... I'm at least there's at least some variables here. <laughs> at least you're going in open-minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, I kind of feel I'm not, I don't feel exactly the same way because I, I think I trust the Marvel experience a little more, even though the marketing for them tends to exhaust me. Like I'm not really excited for Captain America: Civil War, but every time I go see a Marvel movie, I enjoy it. So there you go. Uh, except for Guardians of the Galaxy, terrible movie. Uh, but I am excited to see where this world goes. I like the actors. I'm excited to see a Wonder Woman movie. Maybe Justice League works. I'm not. But the tone, it's the Zack Snyder not giving a shit about the heroes, wanting darkness and wanting, um, you know, the anti-hero. That bugs me. I'm, I'm clinging to Superman Returns. I'm clinging to the Nolan Bat Trilogy, where there's just a glimmer of hope. There's... Uh, different looks for different films. And I can't imagine stuffing it all into the Zack Snyder vision. That's really disappointing to me. And, you know, when George Miller was going to make a Justice League movie, that really excited me because it was going to be bright and it was going to be about the team. Um, how do these these people never smile? How are they supposed to get along and fight a villain together? I as, I, as I 
stirred up earlier on the internets. Uh, I would love to, and people came back at me and they said, like, Tim Burton never read a Batman comic and Christopher Nolan hates superhero movies, but whatever the case might be, I, watching a Zack Snyder movie, bracing for Civil War, I am ready for superhero movies made by someone not only who doesn't get them, like Zack Snyder, but who really doesn't care about them. I want someone But I think that is what Zack Snyder is. That is Zack Snyder. You really, I see someone, Zack Snyder cares immensely about superhero movies, he just doesn't understand what... Excites no, I think other he cares about, about comic book fans, or he cares about the angry kids who maybe, love but he cares he about loves. some part of it. I want someone. I want like this is a bad example, as we would say in a writing class, because I think Alexander Payne would do a terrible job doing this one of these movies because he has no facility for action. I would imagine, but uh, like someone like that who really just is thinking of it from a story and character perspective first, and all but that's the what Nolan. Around that's that. what Nolan does. Nolan cares about the Batman character, but he wants to know how it operates in certain yeah, and like situations. I, I that's caring about his, the legacy. Of I don't the character. love his Batman movies, but they are miles and miles more interesting than anything that's followed. So yeah, I mean, if that's if that's the lesser of two evils, then so be it. <laughs> Dave, what what is your your takeaway? Are you walking away from Batman v Superman disappointed? Is is the future looking as bleak as it does to Zack Snyder? For me, these aren't characters I recognize as their comic book counterparts, so automatically I'm less invested in them, like I am with the, than I am with the Marvel characters because there's so <laughs> the little polar opposite of David. Right, but I'm going to say the exact same thing I said with Avengers Age of Ultron, which is I don't think this is a good movie, but I foresee myself uh, favoring on it if like this ends up being movie like two of seven and the pieces here somehow end up bearing fruit into three-dimensional characters that I end up liking later on. Like there's stuff in here that I like but as a like single movie or even as like a part one of like a continuing series, it doesn't seem to work. But if it's like they went directly from man of steel into like what needs to be their empire strikes back, swing and a miss on this one. But if it's a piece of a whole that if they could make that whole work, uh, I'm always in favor of that. The thing is I'm just less uh, willing to put up with its crap because it's not even giving me things that I recognize as the things that I love from these uh, characters' previous appearances across comics, animation, and movies. Well, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Uh, it's fun to argue about and maybe take to Advil before yeah. and after seeing it. Or don't see, <laughs> don't see it late at night. You'll just feel tired and horrible. It was very exhausting. I wanted and to go And if you're home. in New York... Don't listen to Patches. Go to the AMC 25. See it on screen number eight in the Dolby experience. Whatever upcharge they <laughs> give you, it's worth it. Holy shit. I, I mean, I liked the reclining seats. They were comfy. I didn't think the sound and picture was all that Oh, good. the picture was pristine. The sound was deafening. And my complaint whenever I go to multiplexes these days and see movies that are publicly screening is that the sound is way low. And this was like someone was like, oh, yeah. Like, here you go. Yeah. And I uh, I enjoyed it immensely. Well, I will take Jupiter Ascending 2 over any of these movies. Give me that. That's all I want. You'd rather see that in the WB screening room than in the AMC Dolby Prime experience? <laughs> no, I would see Jupiter Ascending 2 anywhere. God, that's all I could think about after Batman v Superman. That Justice, or that uh, Jupiter Ascending is is a total triumph, and You're I wish man. it had you worked You would watch out. Jupiter Ascending 2 on Turkish Airlines from Gotham to Wakanda. <laughs> Why is Wonder Woman flying? Why is she flying commercial? That's her visible. Her, uh, 
Her invisible, yeah, her invisible jet's in the in the shop. Why does she need a jet? She can fly. What? No, she could leap. Yeah. Oh, she can't fly. No, she could just leap. I swear, she back flies. straight. Watch your MPEG. Go watch your MPEG. So why can't she fly? Isn't she from Krypton? <laughs> she's got what? No. She's not from Krypton. I no. don't know. How do I know? She's an Amazon. You'll Where's learn the, uh, next next June. Next June, what, you'll find figure wait, out the answer. What answers planet to all the is she from? She's not from a planet. She's from planet Earth. She's from Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. She's an Amazon. Get ready to have your mind. Those blown. smarter women who just like isolated themselves from the rest of us heathens. But good thing that Bruce Wayne mansplains to her at the end what justice is. Oh my God. Mm. The Just Us League. It's just us, Wonder Woman. That should have been the final line. Anyway, we should really wrap this up. We've gone almost as long as Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Why don't we tell people where they can find us on the internet? David? Uh, I am David Ehrlich. You can find me on uh, Twitter, David Ehrlich. And you can find I'm also a staff writer at Rolling Stone and a film critic for Slate. And I'm writing an article about all the things that we just talked about. Uh about franchise filmmaking in the superhero world that should be on Rolling Stone on Monday, I think. Uh, I'm Dave Gonzalez. I spell my first name DA7E. I'm at latinohypenreview.com and at geek.com. If you're listening to this at geek.com, I have a what to expect from Justice League thing. That's not the headline. I'm not in control of the headlines. But look for my byline to tell you uh, what's going to happen next month once this, this poop takes another poop. Oh, well. Uh, and I am Matt Patches. I'm the entertainment editor of Thrillist.com. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Patches. And just thank you to everyone who has been listening. We did 100 episodes, and we had our 100th episode, Quarter Quail. We got a lot of nice feedback. Uh, so get out there. Thank you for listening. Please leave us iTunes reviews and all that jazz. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. Don't pass down my back.